Hello and welcome, Re Pray Share family. Thank you for joining us for another podcast episode. Today's lesson comes from a Bible study lesson led by Sean Pierce from the book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. We pray that it blesses you in totality. Enjoy! Going to be talking. Yes, it is. I'm so excited about this meeting that this word that we are going to look at today. Um, and I truly believe that today is going to be a word that it's not a, it's not going to be a feel good word. It's not going to be one that you leave here and you are just ready to uh, uh, go party or you're ready to go do something. You're going to want to sit with this word. You're going to want to take some time to think about what God is telling us in his word, but I feel like this is a point that in my life, I had to do the same. I had to sit down and and think about this word that we're going to talk about today, because it was a sense of me being on the edge of me either doing what God said or me continuing to live in a path that I was living that was going to lead me to destruction. And so I pray that today that uh, we open up our hearts and our minds to receive what is going to be talked about today, um, and that we don't just receive it, but we leave in action, that we leave with making a decision on what Paul is going to put before us today. And so today we're going to be looking in the book of Romans, the book of Romans, and we're going to be looking at only two verses, only two verses we're going to be looking at, um, and it's Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And so we're going to get right into it. It says, therefore, I urge you. And I want to start right here because I want to make a point that Paul in this in this in this uh, chapter in Romans chapter 12, Paul is literally starting this off with pleading and urging for us to pay attention and to listen to what he's going to tell us. And I truly believe that the reason why Paul is urging is not because Paul has seen what living a life unlike what God has called us to live and not giving God our heart. He's seen what it's done to others, but Paul also has seen what it did to himself when he was Saul. Gio gave us a great message a, a, a couple of weeks ago talking about Saul, talking about before Paul was transitioned, before Saul was transitioned into Paul, Saul was a killer. He was a Christian killer. He was a persecutor. He was against Christians. But when God delivered Saul and he turned into Paul, he became one of the most well-known people in the Bible. He wrote this in what we're going to what we're going to talk today. And so I believe that Paul is urging us in this moment, not because he's just seen what living a life unlike what God wants him to live not because he's seen it in other people, but because he's actually lived it and understands what it did to his own life. Also to the extent that he has, also to the extent that he has in chapter seven experienced what sin does to the body when you don't live for Christ, when you don't give your heart to Christ. He experienced what sin would do to the body when you're trying to change your behavior and not allow God to transform your life. And so I really feel like Paul is urging us. He's really wanting us to 
make a choice. He's wanting us to understand what he's providing for us today so that we too will get the understanding of what the lack of giving our heart to God will do to our lives. And not only just Paul is urging, but I'm urging and pleading also because not only have I seen what it's done to other people, but I know what it looked like when my heart wasn't in God's hands, when my life was based off of what I wanted to do and it was based off of what I was born into, which was sin. And so not only is Paul urging, but I'm urging today that, and I'm pleading with you today that we pay attention to what Paul is getting ready to tell us and that we allow this, we allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us that we may do what Paul did and give God what he's already given to us. And so Paul says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Now, I want to stop at this because when we think about sacrificing in the Old Testament, when they sacrificed for their sins or sacrificed for wrongdoing, what they did was they would kill an animal, cut it up, and they would lay it at the feet. The priest would lay it at the altar. That was the way that they sacrificed at that moment. But in the book of Hebrew, we find out that that sacrifice was not enough. Sacrificing the animal wasn't enough because it didn't truly change your character. It just changed your thought process in that moment. That you just knew, I can't do that anymore. I got to cut up an animal. I got to lay it at the altar because I've done wrong. But it didn't change what your character was. It didn't change your heart posture of how you were living. It just changed your behavior for that moment. And so we're going to look at the book of Hebrew real quick, just so I can prove it to you. Hebrews chapter 10, we're going to look at verses 1 through 18. And it says, the law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never by the, by the same, it can never by the same sacrifice repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. Otherwise, they would have stopped being offered. Basically, he's saying if sacrificing animals was enough, then you wouldn't have to continue to sacrifice animals because you would change. And so he's telling us right here that the sacrificing of animals wasn't good enough. Trying to change my behavior wasn't good enough because it wasn't truly transforming and changing who I was. It was just changing my thought about what was going on in that moment. And so he says, but those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sin. It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Verse five, he says, therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you do not des desire, but a body you prepared for me. But a body you prepared for me. What does it say? To offer your body as a living sacrifice. He says, a body that you prepared for me with burnt offerings and sin offerings. You were not pleased. Then I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. I'm going to say it again. He says, sacrifice and offering you did not desire. But a body you prepared for me. This is Christ. With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then I said, here I am. I'm giving myself. Here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. 
I have come to do your will, my God. Verse eight, he says, first he said, sacrifices and, brought, and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings, you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them. Though they were offered in accordance with the law, then he said, here I am. I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first step to first to establish the second. And by that way, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Christ once and for all. Verse 11, he says, day after day, every priest stands and performs his, re his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifice to animals, which can never take away sins. But verse 12, but when this priest had offered, talking about Jesus, all one time for all time for all time one sacrifice for sins he sat down at the right hand of god and since that time he awaits for his enemies to be made his footstool for by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who belong made holy who are being made holy verse 15 says the holy spirit also testifies about this first he says this is the covenant i will make with them after that time says the lord i will put their laws put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawful acts will, will I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. I read all this text right now just to tell you that the sacrificing of animals back then at that moment wasn't enough to change who they were as people. And God gave. Just like Paul is telling us and urging us to give, God gave his son so that it wouldn't be no more sacrificing of animals, but it would be a one-time sacrifice for all that Jesus would be able to do the will that God has placed on his life. And so in this book right here of Romans, he says to offer, he says to give your heart to Christ, give your all to Christ, because he understands that if you give your heart, you'll also be wanting to be aligned with his will. Jesus gave himself so he was aligned with the will of God to die for us so that we have an opportunity to get in relationship with our father. So Paul is urging that we also fall in line of giving ourselves, giving our heart to God so that it won't be our will in our way, but it'll be his will in his way. And this is so key because what we're going to see in the next verse is that if we decide not to, what we'll continue to do, but if we do decide to give God our heart, what it'll lead us to. And so he says to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. If we think about what Hebrews chapter 10 said, it said when Jesus gave his will, he gave his life, he gave his heart to the will of God, it was pleasing and holy to God. Again, just saying, I want to make, I'm only, only, Holy Spirit only gave me two verses because these two verses are going to be exactly what we have to answer to. It's just these two verses. And what is holy and pleasing to God is us giving our heart. I'm going to show us why it's so important and vital that we make that decision with giving our heart one time, but daily, every day, allowing Holy Spirit to transform us into what God has for us. So he says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. 
God wants your heart. He wants your heart. He doesn't want your behaviors. He wants your heart. So I have a question that I, I got to pop off real quick, just a quick question, but I want you to think about this. Who and what has your heart? Who and or what has your heart? I'm only asking that because I had to ask myself that. And it was based off of I knew who had my heart when I knew who I was living for. When I could see who, what will I was doing, I can, I can explain of who had my heart. Before, I knew who had my heart. It was the world, and I was trying to control my own heart. And so the fruit that came from that was doing what this next verse is going to tell us not to do. And so verse number two, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Now, I have to, I have to real quick make us look at something. I want you to understand that we're born into sin. We're born into a sinful world. So the pattern that we're born into, born into is the only thing that we know because it's of sin. And this is why Paul, again, wants you to understand that if you don't ever realize that you need a change, you'll continue to conform and live the behaviors of what you're born into. If you don't realize that my heart is not in a good spot. I don't have a good heart just because of what I'm born into. I don't realize I need a change. I'll continue to live the life that I was born into, sin. So I want to break down this conform. If we think about conform, another word for conform is fit. But I want you to write this down. Conform equals behavior. Conform equals behavior. So he says, do not conform to the behaviors of this world. Now, I want you to understand that Paul wants you to give your heart so you don't. But if you don't give your heart, you'll continue to try to change behavior instead of being transformed. Think about our lives. I'm going to use me, for example. Before I gave God my heart, I knew that, that sin, that sex before marriage was wrong. But because I was just trying to change the behavior and not give God my heart, think about a tree. I would cut off the limbs of it and say, God, I'm, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Cut the limb off. I'm going to stop. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not going to do it anymore. Until tonight? You ain't doing that? Okay. All right, I'm going to come over. Until lust came back in. Until the opportunity presented itself again, I was trying to change the behavior, but without the heart change, I was susceptible to go back and do the same thing. And so I want to let you know that it's not a behavior issue, it's a heart issue. And if you don't ever give your heart to Christ, you'll continue to cut at the limbs of the behavior until they present themselves back and grow right back into it. You'll say, I don't want, I'm not going to have sex again. I'm not going to do it again. You'll tell God, I told God that God, I'm not having sex again. I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to do it again. And then I'll get up. And then two weeks later, I'm back doing what I just told 
God I wouldn't do only because he didn't have my heart. And so that may be some of us, we're trying to give God behaviors when he wants the heart. I'm giving him little pieces of behaviors, but I'm not giving him my heart. And so I really want to take it back and think about giving. And, and I, we talked about this on the live, but I want to present it to you also. I want you to understand that when we think about giving God our heart, we're thinking about giving to somebody that's already gave to us. This is how I had to think about it. I'm having trouble giving to somebody that's already gave before I'd even thought about, before I was even thought about. God gave us Jesus to save us, but we're having trouble giving to him. But we're not having trouble giving to sin. We're not having trouble giving to what's corrupting us. But we're having a problem giving to who wants to give us not just life here, not just abundance on this earth, but also the opportunity to make it back to him in heaven. We're having a problem giving. So I want you to think about that. It's not about giving your behaviors. It doesn't work. I tried it for I tried it for years trying to give God behaviors without giving him my heart. We like to say give God your heart he'll help you change your habits. But I want to I want to I want to dive deeper in that. If you give God your heart he'll do what the next thing talks about. He'll transform your mind. That will then in response help your actions. But if we don't give God our heart, we'll continue to start trying to change the behaviors of what we're doing. And we'll fail continually day after day after day after day, falling into the same traps of the enemy and the same traps of our own evil desires. And so Paul says, give God your heart. Because if you give God your heart, you won't be fighting a behavior. You won't continue to fight the same things over and over. You won't continue to be battling with the same things over and over. You'll have the help of the Holy Spirit to transform your mind that will have you thinking different about some of those things. See, I still have some of those same desires sometimes. Can I be honest with you? Those desires don't leave. I'm still a sinful being. I still have those desires. But because I gave God my heart, I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to transform my mind. So when those things pop up, instead of me falling back into them, the Holy Spirit say, hey, We've already dealt with that before. You, you seriously going to go back to it? You're going to go do it again? Come on, we, we're better than that. You're going to go back? But without me giving God my heart, without me giving my heart to God, I'm putting my hand on the Holy Spirit mouth and allowing my mouth to speak free. I'm allowing my actions to rule what I want to do. I'm allowing myself to do everything I want to do and not allow the Holy Spirit to help me as his job to help me to be able to transform my mind so that my actions can be transformed. So he says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I want to look at the word transform. Transform, I want you to put transform equals character. Transform equals character. 
If you give God your heart, you won't have to worry about trying to transform behavior, but he'll start transforming the character of your mind that will help you to be able to transform who you are, your actions, what you've been doing. But I, I'm going to keep saying it. But if you decide not to give God your heart, you decide to continue to give it to the things that you're doing. You decide to continue to give it to porn. If you decide to keep giving it to sex, if you decide to keep giving it to lust, if you decide to keep giving it to uh, 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 letting the club be your, your, your source, if you continue to give it to letting the bottle be your source, if you continue to give it to all those things, you'll continue to fall victim of trying to change your behavior. Cutting the limb. As soon as you cut it, the worries of life come back and that thing starts creeping back up. Instead of cutting the limb, let's start cutting the root by giving God and letting God allow the Holy Spirit to transform our character, our, our mind. That way we are able to live the life that he has for us to live. And I want to finish with this last part of the scripture. It says, then you will be. And, and I love little words like that. Then. It's a line. Then. One, two, three. Then. Not you know God's will and then you give him your heart. No. You give him your heart. Holy Spirit changes your mind. Transform you from being who you once were to who he has for you to be. And then we can't work backwards. We can't be asking God, what's God, what's my purpose? What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to do it? G give me your will. What's your way? And he said, I want to, I want to give it to you. I, I planned you. I created you. I want to give you your will. I want to give you my will. I want to give you your purpose. It's good. It's pleasing. It's perfect. But I need your heart. So I can help you be transformed into who I need you to be when you're walking in the will of God, when you're walking in what I need you to do. So he says, Trans, give me your heart. You'll stop having to change your behavior and I'll, the Holy Spirit will start changing your mind, transforming you from the inside out. That'll start working into you're not having to fight a behavior, but the behavior being fought by the Holy Spirit. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. But it's not until then. And so I don't know what the Holy Spirit may be speaking to you in this moment right now. Maybe you're one that has not gave God your heart. Maybe you've been on the fence. Maybe you've been giving him pieces, but you've only been giving him the pieces that's comfortable because I've been there before too. Maybe that's what you're doing. But in this moment, we can't leave this place without you knowing that the moment that you continue to continue to give everything else your heart and not give it to God is the moment that you'll continue to fight behaviors instead of letting God transform your character and transforming your mind. And it's an everyday thing. Ephesians 4 and 23, it says, and continuing and be continually renewed 
in the spirit of your mind. This is an everyday thing. This is why Shay and Ham and me and Dom have been so, so consistent, so persistent when telling you to surrender daily, to give your heart daily to God. Because the time I stopped giving it to God was the time I went back to trying to cut out the limb. The desires are still there. They're, they're, you're a sinful being. I'm a sinful being. The desires are still there. But without the Holy Spirit every day continually renewing my mind, I will be. I will go right back and fall back into what had me captive, to what had me being corrupted. So I don't know if that's you. I don't know if it's you that says, I, I, I've been trying to give, I thought I was giving in my heart, but maybe I was only giving in my behaviors. Maybe I only wanted to change a little bit, but I want to continue to do the other stuff that was really corrupting me. Maybe that's what, maybe that's you because it's been me before. I want to give you that opportunity right now to say, God, you have my heart. God, God, I don't, I can't change nothing about what I'm doing. I know it's wrong. I know what I'm doing is wrong. And in this moment, Instead of me fighting the behavior, God, take my heart. Just like Jesus said, not your will, but not my will, but your will. God, not, not, not my will, but your will. Not my way, but your way. Maybe that's you. And maybe you like me and said, I gave, I, I, I thought I gave God my heart. I did give God my heart, but I stopped being consistent with it. I stopped dying daily. I stopped surrendering daily. I stopped submitting it to him daily. I stopped giving him my life every day. I stopped doing that. And I fell back into the, into the pattern that I was born into. Maybe that's you. The good thing about it is we serve a God that still wants you to come back home. He wants you to do the will that he has for your life. He wants to see you with him in heaven. He wants that for you. Unlike the pattern of this world that doesn't want you to do anything but what they want you to do. What's, easy, what's in season in the world? They want you to have all the sex you want to have. They want you to be drunk all the time. They want you to be high all the time. They want you to be watching the porn. They, they put that on social media more than they put this. They want that. But God wants you to live a fruitful and abundant life, not just here. but up there. And so if that's one of you, if it's you, and again, it's been me before, don't be ashamed because it is you. Be happy that you understand now that that is you and that you have somewhere to go now. Be excited that God wants to transform your heart. Be excited that he wants you to give it to him. Be excited. Because I can truly tell you the moment that you give God your heart, the moment that you say, yes, God, the moment that you say, it's not my life no more. It's not my will, but it's your will. In the moment that you continually, every day, sit at his feet, get in his word, and allow him to do what he does, allow the Holy Spirit to work in you, will be the moment that you start seeing the vision, the moment that you start seeing the purpose, the moment that, that God's will starts being prevalent in your life, the moment that you start understanding that God wants you to live an abundance and a great life. That's the moment. And so if that is one of you, I want you just to put, you can raise your hand on here, you can undo your camera, you can put, yes, that's me in the chat. But what I want to do at this moment is I want to pray for not just you, but I want to pray for all of us. Because 
It's this right here that changed my life. It's this part right here. It's the yes that changed my life. And so if you want to be, if, if that's you, I want you to put a yes in the chat. What an amazing lesson. He said something very important about not so much changing our behaviors, but giving our heart first to God, and then our behaviors will change. So I want you guys to just make sure that you are allowing him to renew your mind so that those behaviors can change. We pray that this blessed you in totality. Make sure that you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Read, Pray, Share. And until next time, continue to do like we always say, and that is read, pray, and share. Be blessed, you guys.